The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did. What a catch. And the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now, with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler Murray, slurping down some coffee right in my intro read. That was hilarious. <laughs> I, I have to roll with that. I'm not even going to restart this. Welcome it's in. It's tea. Well, the throat is hurting. Oh, my. We've done 250 my episodes, and that was a first. Let me just go ahead and restart that, and I will not edit that out. Welcome in <laughs> to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler. Join alongside my co-host, Aaron Murray. Be sure to follow us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at AaronMurray11. Puntandpass.com. You know the drill. The number one destination for all things college football. Our YouTube page if you want to see Murray's big slurp of tea uh, in the real time. And, of course, our picks, our merch, the hats get delivered tomorrow, I believe. So we'll have hats, visors come in in February for everybody that's been asking. Puntandpass.com. This episode of Punt and Pass is presented by Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Solomon Brothers Jewelers is simply the best. Two top-rated jewelry stores, one in Buckhead, one in Alpharetta. The lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds. Guaranteed Solomon Brothers There is no place better. I had so many people, Aaron, uh, send me messages throughout the holiday season that they were heading to Solomon Brothers. I had a few right even around New Year's. Some people were popping the question. Others were getting some jewelry, some great pieces for their significant others. And the best part about it was that if you go to Solomon Brothers still to this day, and you mentioned the Punt and Pass podcast or just Drew and Aaron, you get 10% off your jewelry purchase. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is completely unmatched. Solomon Brothers is the best. You still have time. I know it's 2022 now. Start the year off right. Make it your best year ever. Head on over to Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Okay, the college football playoff semifinal games are in the books. Alabama and Georgia headed for a rematch in Indianapolis. We'll touch on these games, Aaron. You were in Miami. You were calling the dogs at some pregame tailgates. Your throat is hurting you right now because you cheered so hard. And then some other awesome New Year's Six Bowl games. Some news and notes that we need to touch on. Danny Cannell getting people fired up. Kirk Herbstreit and Desmond Howard getting people fired up. Uh, A lot of angst on New Year's around some college football. Where do you want to start? Should we just go ahead and dive right into the games and recap? I think the games. I think that's that's the biggest thing. And and I do apologize ahead of time. One for slurping, and two (laughs) for my throat. I mean, 
man, I haven't I haven't done a a tailgate and a game like that in, in a while. That's awesome. You know, so SEC championship game, I I had, I had to work, you know, the pregame. Yeah. So I'm doing events and you know, didn't really get to participate in uh, the the extracurriculars and adult beverages outside the stadium ahead of time. Uh, I got to go all out. Miami was different. Miami was different. Love I had it. no. I woke. I so I had to do SEC on Sirius at you know eight o'clock to ten o'clock in the morning. Drew was kind enough to join us for a little bit. Had a great hit with him. And then after that, it was uh, as my voice cracks. <laughs> it was uh, it was go time, and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the sunshine, the tailgates. Interacting with Georgia fans, we had a blast, and then the game was awesome. So uh, I, I'm still recovering a little bit. Lots of tea, lots of honey today, and uh, get ready to go for next week. Yeah, I love it, man. Next week's going to be a blast in Indianapolis. Number one Alabama taking on number three Georgia for the college football playoff national championship game. Right now, Georgia's a three-point favorite. Can't believe that. The total, 52.5, and, and the low in Indy on that Monday night, Aaron, eight degrees. So we're indoors. I know it's indoors. I know. It's like, did you see the hockey? The uh, oh my god, negative seven degrees in Minneapolis, negative twenty five. That's pretty impressive. That's got to hurt your lungs, man. Those guys have to be killing today. That's got to be tough. All right, let's talk about the Orange Bowl. We'll start there. Georgia dominates Michigan, thirty four to eleven in the Orange Bowl. Fast start for the dogs. Stetson Bennett looked amazing. The defense so well prepared. Just outclassed, outperformed, outcoached in every facet of the game. Georgia was Zoom-focused. Georgia was locked in. I think it was something that you and I really touched on leading up to this game. It was like, hey, sometimes a loss is needed because it's humbling. You kind of get to recenter your thoughts are on your entire season. You get everybody back to ground zero. And I forget what the old quote is. The only thing you can learn from losing is how to lose. Uh, maybe that's not always true because Georgia knew they were really, really good. Georgia got humbled in a big way against Alabama in the SEC championship game. And like I said, I'll give myself credit, Aaron. I said this is the exact matchup that Georgia had dominated mm-hmm. all season long, and that's exactly what it was. It was awesome. It was so much fun to see. I am so happy, and 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 I posted about it on social after the game, and I'm still looking. I'm I'm hitting up the UGA equipment guys left and right. Like Mishat, hook your boy up with a 13 jersey because I don't want to get Drews and you. have to cross off his, his last name. So <laughs> I uh, I'm just so happy for Stetson, man. It, it has been one hell of a season for him. The ups and downs. The you know the, everyone blaming him after the SEC championship game. Funny story. So I landed yesterday. And I'm in an Uber back to my house and the Uber driver, you know, he's like, you know, he's probably in his car all day. listening to Paul Feinbaum most likely. And he thinks he knows everything about football. So he's <laughs> talking about the game. I was like, man, I was just in, in, in Miami. It was an awesome game. He's like, yeah, about time that quarterback played well. I was like, actually, he's played well all season. You know, it wasn't really his fault. He's like, no, no, no. Like, listen, I played football. That quarterback's not that good. I know <laughs> That's great. Uh, he, he, he finally showed up. I was like, uh, you know, the defense versus, versus Alabama didn't really show up. They gave up like 40 points. Like, I think it was more of a team loss. No, no, it was all the quarterback's fault. That's been the biggest issue all year. Uh, I just got so sick of it. I, was, I had to pull the card out. I'm like, dude, I played quarterback. <laughs> and he kept saying, like, you don't know what you're talking about to me. That's what he was saying like, to you? Yeah, he's saying it to me. It. Like, you I have no it. idea what you're talking about. You don't know football. I'm like, all right, I'm just going to let you know right now. Uh, 
I played football at Georgia, was a quarterback for four years. I played in the NFL, so I think I do know a little bit about football. <laughs> and then he shut up the rest of the car that ride. That is fantastic. And I just, I just love fans. It just cracks me up because, I mean, obviously I'm wearing a mask. He has no idea. And he's just going, I mean, Paul Feinball style, just spitting out stupidity out of his mouth the entire time. I'm like, this dude has no idea. But going back to what I said, Ben, I'm so proud of Stetson. What he did on that football game, the accuracy, the the running. Yeah, great um, downfield passes. Great downfield passes. And, and, and you hit it too, man. What did you say? James Cook had yes. the game. Oh, man. And James had a huge football game, especially catching the football. So overall, amazing team victory. The the, the fans there were, the, were electric. And, and, and I'll say this too about both games. Michigan and Cincinnati are good football teams. Oh, yeah. Let's not get it twisted. Like Cincinnati, I went back and watched the coach's tape on the plane ride. That's a good football team. Michigan is a good football team. Georgia and Alabama are just on a different world right mm-hmm. now. Like, I don't care who – there is not one team that you could have put in that game against the way Alabama's playing and the way that, that Georgia's played this season, how pissed off Georgia was after Atlanta that would have made that a contest. I know. I Notre totally Dame agree. Of, Oklahoma State won it of. Um you know, maybe Ohio State, because I think Ohio State has the horses to score points, so maybe they could have made it interesting. But there was no team, in my mind, that could have won against Georgia-Alabama this past weekend. So I'm, I'm going to give lots of props to, to Michigan and Cincinnati for a great season that they have. They both deserve to be there. Yeah, yeah. Quickly on Ohio State, I mean, if they were to have played Georgia and Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson did not opt out, and then that Smith and Jigba kid still played, who had 347 yards yesterday. Woo! That was absolutely I unbelievable. Don't I don't I think they could have beat. I think Ohio State is the only team that's good Because they enough. would have stretched Georgia's secondary. I mean, yes. that's simply it, just like Alabama They did. just had a bad game versus, versus Michigan. Yeah. It was one of those days like Georgia had, like, Al- like Alabama's had. It's just the issue is... And they their had defense a bad game, sucks. and then they couldn't get to their conference championship yeah. game. Yeah, their defense is awful. Stetson, though, 20 of 30, 313 yards, three touchdowns. James Cook, four catches for 112 yards and a touchdown. And, you know, you and I were talking about the need to get James Cook involved, much like how he was featured in that Tennessee game. Yes, that opens up the playbook. Yes, it, it'll, it makes the defenses respect both the run and the pass when he's in the game, but it's almost like a confidence thing for the entire team. When James gets going, it almost looks like the offense takes a deep breath and they know that they have everything available to them in the playbook. You're not going to have to expect guys running downhill on defense. You're not going to have to expect eight guys sitting in the defensive backfield. It really helps out Georgia a lot, and it allows Stetson to be confident. It allows Mm -hmm. Stetson to where, hey, I can tuck it and run and move the chains and get back to first down or third manageable and know that we have a lot of opportunity. Uh, I mean, 27-3 to at half. Georgia was leading in this game, and it was never close. I mean, no. completely, completely. The first drive, Georgia takes it right downfield. Brock Bowers, an absolute freak. Um, Jermaine Burton, like the explosive plays. And again, Georgia was ranked in the top five in, in an explosive chunk plays all season long. You forget about that just because of how methodical this team was on defense, running the ball, controlling the line of scrimmage, 521 total yards, no turnovers for Georgia, mm. almost 35 minutes of possession. They forced three turnovers. It was it was clinical. It was a butt whooping. It was the a only, butt the whooping. only the only thing that 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 needs to improve for me, if 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 and, and obviously we're going to deep dive into the game next week. 
and and I love I'll say it again I love what Setson did, but there was a couple throws that Setson made, especially one where he's rolling to the right, throws back to the left. That's the stuff that the fans get pissed off, yeah. like the turnovers that are just unforced errors trying to do too much. So if he could just clean that up and not force the ball when thing when mm-hmm. something is there, he's a playmaker, man, and, and and it's a fine line of letting him do his thing, especially when he's running and being creative. And also saying, okay, there are times where you just need to throw the football yeah. away, run, da- get down, whatever it is. Just don't commit the silly turnover. And uh, there's a couple times that it got close. Obviously, the ball was rolling George's way on both sides of the football in the game, and, and we didn't commit any turnovers. Like you said, we got three turnovers ourselves. So um, that's the game they need to play. Play great defense, take care of the football, win on special teams, and um, – and that's the recipe. Yeah, you just that's, can't. That's you cannot you have mistakes against Alabama. They no. will absolutely feast on you. Um, and, and Georgia's learned that. You know, Georgia's going to go Hopefully. into the national championship game extremely humbled again. I mean, what just happened against Michigan doesn't matter. They're going to go play Alabama. So mm-hmm. I, I, I respected Kirby's decision to call off the Gatorade bath. Uh, I thought that was the right thing. He knows there's still more work to do, and I think the entire team in Athens knows that as well. Tell me this, two questions. One, what were the Michigan fans like? I I would expect that they were super hyped up and a lot of fans were there. I don't know if it was a 50-50 split or not. And then two, let's break down what happened right before halftime. Kirby going ballistic. seemed like there was some communication errors. Georgia had a chance to put some more points on the board and then get the ball back after half, Um, and it did not look good, and Kirby went haywire on Stetson as they were heading into the locker room. So first, what were the Michigan fans like? Were they loud and proud? They were. I, I would say that the, the split was like 55-45, maybe 60-40 Michigan. Wow. That's, uh, I think that's expected. I think that was expected. I mean, first time in the playoffs, uh, had an incredible season. It's cold as crap in Michigan. Let's get the hell out of yeah. here, go to Miami. So I think that, and, you know, I think there's a lot of reasons why that that that, that happened. And once again, I mean, Georgia fans showed up. So I think maybe I would say maybe a little bit more 55-45. I thought a lot of red and black there. I, I will say this. If I'm a Michigan fan, why would you wear a yellow shirt? Like the yellow is horrendous. You need to wear blue. I'm just going to th- say that right now <laughs> to all Michigan fans. The the the, the yellow is just ugly. Um, but they were nice, man. I, I, we sat by a few of them. Everyone seemed to be pretty cool with each other after the game. Everyone seemed to be pretty cool with each other. I don't think there's any hatred between like Georgia and Michigan. I think they were really excited to be there. Yeah. Georgia fans kind of knew that, Hey, we were going to win and and we really have no beef with you guys. You're just in our way to get to the national championship. So yeah, there was no tussles in the, in the, in in the stadium. Uh, Like I said, everyone seemed very respectful, excited to be there, excited to be enjoying the warm weather. Uh, The stadium was awesome, but no overall great atmosphere uh, good people, and um, they left early though. Like all the Michigan fans in front. Oh, of I mean, us, it was like, thirty. They left, they left like in the mid third quarter. Yeah. Like I was texting buddies that were there. I was like, dude, the whole row in front of us is open. If you want to come down and sit with <laughs> us, like beginning of like the second half, almost like yeah. ten minutes to go in the third. Yeah. I mean, again, impressive, impressive victory by Georgia, and it's right back to work. They're playing Alabama. Uh, my question, we'll talk, let's go to the Alabama game. Cotton Bowl, Alabama beats Cincinnati 27-6. to Cincinnati can't score a touchdown. Uh, they missed a field goal, or did Alabama miss a field goal late in the first half? Never really close. Uh, Cincinnati, a lot of hype, a lot of excitement heading into the game. I thought they played a, a pretty inspired first half. Yeah. Um, Alabama's just, you know, it, when they come out, 
and they just start handing the ball off to Brian Robinson, and the guy gets almost 100 yards in the first quarter, you're like, okay, like this is tough look for Cincinnati. And that, the offensive line in the run game, was probably the biggest question mark for Alabama heading into the game. And they just leaned on it and said, we got bigger guys than you. Our offensive line is better than your D-line. We'll feed Brian Robinson. You won't be able to stop it. That's just making a team quit. And that's what Alabama chose to do. So it was methodical on their part, which I think a lot of people probably could have expected. Um, I was hoping for the backdoor cover. We did not get it, Aaron. I had Cincinnati plus the 13 and a half. But, you know, Cincinnati say, in that spot, I'll we, give them a lot of credit. We, don't say we. I picked Alabama with the points. I know. I know. Say we. How, know. Were the, how were the spreads, by the way, this week? Uh, you did really – I think we both I, did really well. I didn't even uh, tally I it I think up, I did pretty good. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I, I feel a, pretty good. I had a good one as well. It was a good week. What did you have? Uh, what, do we, what games do we pick again? I think I was like four and one. I literally just threw out the sheet that I had written down. I just you knew Because you knew I beat your ass. That's well, why. Well, no. No, because we Let's both had Houston. Real quick. We both had Houston. What's that? We both had Houston against uh, uh, Auburn. That was a win. Yes. Um, I had. Uh, you had Ole Miss. I had Baylor. Okay. That's a win for me. I had uh, the one that you were wrong on is you laid was the Georgia. nine and a half with Mississippi State. I I took um, I took Texas Tech plus the nine and a half in that uh. game, and they beat them down. Um, Georgia, we were both right on that. No, I was wrong on Georgia. Oh, you were wrong on Georgia. I think uh, Michigan. I yeah. was wrong on Cincinnati. Um, so I think you know if we pick we six games, probably Utah. like four and we two. We both got Utah. Yep. And then I had I had Oklahoma State. You had um, Notre, Notre Dame. Dame minus two. Yeah, God, so I think I got crazy. you by one yep. this weekend. Yep. Uh, so yeah, I mean, look, Georgia, Alabama. I think it's the fifth time that Kirby has faced off against Nick Saban, head coach to head coach. Georgia's a three point favorite. Neutral as it How gets in that? Indy. Well, that's my question because I was going to ask you this. Right, this team's played. I think it's going to be thirty seven days prior. Um, the only thing that I could compare this to is what happened with Oregon and Utah, right? Uh, And Utah dominated Oregon, and then two weeks later they play again, and Utah just dominates them again. Now, I understand that the the talent comparison and the situational comparison is not even keel, but Alabama dismantled Georgia in the SEC championship game. Conventional wisdom says it's really hard to beat a team twice in four weeks, even more conventional wisdom would tell you that if that team is one of the best teams in the nation, it's very, very hard. But then, you know, the SEC shorts where it's like, you know, hope and Georgia don't bring hope to the dance this time. I don't know if you saw that, Aaron. It's absolutely hilarious. Like, how on earth can any Georgia fan say, hey, this time's going to be different? Hey, this time we're going to win the game. When simply put, it just hasn't happened. And really, the only thing that you could look at is Kirby against Nick Saban. Yep. Like, that's that's that, right? When you look at the national championship, you can put everything on paper. You can put everything out there, roster comparisons, positional comparisons, season-long comparisons, transitive property. If it comes down to Kirby versus Nick Saban, uh, you have to watch this game with one eye closed. Listen, if if, if we want to look at the team's overall to me, it, it's pretty close, and I, I think I would give the edge a little bit to Georgia as, as, as just a better football team. Um, so I, I kind of understand why maybe they're, they're the favorites heading into this game. But there's so much that goes into football besides just the physical attributes, and we talk about the mental side of the game all the time, and I think that's a big part. When your head coach is, 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 is um, uh, Kirby Smart and your other head coach is Nick Saban, and Nick, what Nick Saban has done – and the championships he's won and the domination, it plays a huge mental side of it. I'm not going to lie. It is a big part of the football game. And then 
I know that everyone kept saying, oh, well, this, this group of guys didn't play in 2012. They didn't play in whatever, 17 or 18. And like, they weren't a part of those losses against Alabama. Well, now they have been a part of a big loss. <laughs> yeah. So now they are clumped into that conversation of, Hey, Kirby smart. Hasn't been Alabama. Hey, Georgia has had five big time losses against uh, Alabama since 2012. Like now they are in the conversation. They can't escape it. They can't say, Oh, that wasn't us. Like we're, you can't put us in that group. No, you are right in the thick of it now. Yeah. So they're going to be hearing that all week long in the media, all week long in social media. And you know what Alabama's hearing? You're winners. Oh, yeah. You're winners. Yep. You're dominant. Yep. You're do- they're hearing all the positive ch- ch- uh, chatter. Georgia's hearing all the negative chatter. So, you know, hopefully they come out similar to Michigan with, with some piss and vinegar ready to go. But, yeah, winning winning breeds confidence. And Alabama has confidence. And yeah. Georgia just hasn't been able to get over the hump. And it's hard to have confidence knowing that, that they just got your number. I know. From a mental makeup going into the game as a starting quarterback. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY. And there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required. And they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Like Alabama doesn't look at Georgia the same way Georgia looks at Alabama. Yeah, a hundred percent. And and the reason for that is because they haven't beat them. If you had beaten them once, you go in there and you have uh, there's not as much weight on your shoulders. And what no. I mean by that is this, okay? Any head coach before going out to a big, big matchup, whether it be SEC Championship, Orange Bowl, National Championship, Cotton Bowl, whatever. What do they tell their team, Aaron? They say, hey, guys, play loose. Have fun. Execute. You know, have the confidence that you guys have what it takes. We've been working on this for the last four weeks. Loose is fast and fast is whatever that old saying is, right? I feel like, and tell me if I'm wrong, but going into this game, me as a fan, as an outsider, you're going into this game going, man, Georgia cannot screw up. Can't afford one turnover. Can't nope. afford one dumb decision in situational football. That whatever happened at halftime, uh, right before the Orange Bowl, can't have that. You got oh, yeah, to put points on the board. You got to put points on the board. Like you cannot let any nope. of those situations fall by the wayside when you're going against the best, being Alabama. 
I forgot you, you asked me about that. That was we were all scratching our head. I, I was mean, texting Kirby, you in real time. You were like, "What's you, going did, on?" Did they show it on TV? Kirby just absolutely oh, ripping, going insane, ripping yeah. Stetson. Yeah, and we're all. I mean, it's happening right in front of where we were sitting. I was like, "What the hell was going on down there?" Because um, I mean, to me, the play, all the play calls were were run plays, and I, the last one where he he sailed it over, I think it was Amir's head. There was a receiver that did pop up open late, but kind of the clock was already running out by them. It just, yeah. to me, the way the plays were being called and then the type of plays being called, I don't think you were sending a real sense of urgency to Stetson. Like, hey, so I don't know if there was just a miscommunication with signals, but it seemed like the players were on the same page. Yeah. So I I, I don't know. The, the whole thing was weird. Um, but, you know, listen, Kirby's fiery as hell. I mean, oh, there's so many times know, where dude. there's like the tiniest of mistakes on the field. And you see the kid running off, and Kirby is just laying into his ass. Yeah. And uh, I absolutely love it. I wish I was like just a fly on his shoulders listening to everything he was saying. Kirby's the type that I, he could not be mic'd up for a game. Hell no. You couldn't use anything that yeah, he would say. Yeah, no chance. Because he's just MFing every player as they walk off the entire time, which is awesome. So, um, but going back, like, yeah, these are games in situations like this. And we talked about it last week with Alabama versus Cincinnati. They've been there. They've done it. They know what it takes. They know the grind during the week. They know the media attention during the week. They know how bright the lights are. They know what every little thing you could do can cost your team at any moment. Like they know that heading into it. Like they're yeah. well equipped. And obviously they've done it a lot. Uh, and Georgia just has it. So I don't know. I, I, I'm still head scratching a little bit. You know, I think. I think we brought it up yesterday, last week too the fact that if, if both these teams won, I think I think last week it was still Alabama would have been a one point. Yeah, I think it was one and a half point. And then all of a sudden now Georgia is a three point favorite. I think obviously they look at it like man Georgia had a bigger win. They looked a little bit more dominant versus Michigan compared to Alabama versus Cincy. So, but you know, I, I you know, like, tons of people are taking the points. Bit, I don't feel good with that at all. Like I'm I'm actually really pissed at Vegas right now. Because I have no idea what to do. Yeah. I mean, they want people to say, oh, my God, you're going to give me points with Alabama? Load up. This makes no sense so one of the, the, this is Does this give you confidence in, like, Vegas knows something? Like, it, it's too kooky it would heading be. into the week. It would be if it was anybody but Alabama. Yeah. Anybody but Alabama. But Georgia wins the Orange Bowl. Alabama wins what do you the Cotton Bowl. Where do you think it is at kickoff, then? Oh, I, I, I have a hard time thinking this gets off three. I really do. Really? I mean, three to two and a half or three to three and a half is one of the biggest moves any sports book can do because you know if people like Georgia and it goes to minus two and a half, all the sharp betters are going to come in and just lay down massive money on Georgia thinking they'll win by a field goal. And if yep. it goes up to three and a half and you're getting more than a field goal with Alabama, people oh, who love Alabama are just going to go, oh my God, these guys are idiots. Why would they ever do that? So I have a hard time thinking it gets off three. And if it yeah. does, it'd be game day, and a lot of money will come in one way or the other. COVID's still out there, so you got to think these guys are going to be in an absolute bubble before mm -hmm. kickoff. Um, and it'll be a huge, huge lead-up to this game, a big-time lead-up. I wonder what TV ratings will be like because probably the rest of the nation's like, oh, my God, get these two teams off our TVs. Um, but you know what? They proved it. Two best teams, both each won their semifinal bowl game. I'm guessing they'll get some rings for that. And if you are in need for a ring, you got to head on over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Two awesome locations, one in Buckhead, which is on 17th floor at Tower Place, a beautiful showroom, a full bar, TVs for you to sit down and let your significant other go hang out and walk around, 
Check out that amazing inventory. And then in Alpharetta as well, just past the Avalon, same thing, full bar, TVs. It is simply the best. They have the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. They offer interest-free financing options, custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades. There is no place better than Solomon Brothers. And why? Because Solomon Brothers Jewelers is for anyone with any budget, big or small. You can make that budget go further when you mention punt and pass or just Drew and Aaron. 10% off your jewelry purchase at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. All right, let's touch on these New Year's Six games really quickly, um, and then we'll get out of here. We'll let these people enjoy their first week back to work. I know we're doing this on a Sunday morning, and I am happy today is a Sunday. If it was a Monday, today would be brutal. It has been uh, a long week. Between Christmas and New Year, dude, all bets are off. I I guarantee you I've gained like seven pounds. So, yeah, I'm about to jump on a Peloton bike after this yeah. podcast. Like, I haven't worked out in in about three weeks. You look a little puffy. I am so puffy no, right now. I'm and puffy. I and I had like a carton of ice cream last night. <laughs> uh, I went to. This is how desperate I was, Drew. I went to CVS. They didn't have my Ben and Jerry's fish food. Then I went to Publix. Publix closed an hour early last night. So then I'm like, I'm like begging the, the, the security guard. I'm like, dude, there's still people in there. I just need a carton of ice cream. I'll be in and out. You're fiending. You're fiending for ice cream. He's like, no, you can't. So then I go to Kroger and you know, they didn't have fish food. So I'm like, they're like, there's like a freaking Ben and Jerry shortage. So I grabbed these two other random flavors. And then I look down below, there's a mini carton of, um, a flavor that Sharon likes. I'm like, okay, let me grab the mini flavor. The mini carton, like two scoops or like the pint. No, like the, the, the two scoop one. I, we, I get the pint. So as I go down to get the mini thing of like a cookie dough, I look back and like way back, there's two hidden fish foods. It was like, I felt like I won the lottery. So I grab them, <laughs> sprint out and ate the crap out of it last night as I watched the old Miss game, which was phenomenal. So uh, the game wasn't phenomenal. The fish food was phenomenal. Game kind of sucked. But yeah. uh, yes, go. I need to lose some weight. I'll say that right now. Me too. You and I can, we can do that together. Um, the Rose Let's Bowl. Let's do a Peloton challenge. All right, I like that. I'm in for that. Uh, the Rose Bowl. Utah gets off to a fast start and then blows it late. Ohio State Chargers back, beats him 48-45. to C.J. Stroud throws for six touchdowns and over 500 yards. And Smith and Jigba, the receiver, goes for 347 yards and three touchdowns. It was amazing. Some of the catches that dude made were absolutely the unbelievable. The I mean, last touchdown. Yeah, oh, Ryan, Day said, Ryan Day said after the game, he goes, I was literally speechless in shock for about five seconds. Could not believe he caught that ball mm-hmm. and ended up in bounds. Felt bad for Utah. They did cover the four-point spread. I had them sprinkled on the money line as well, so I was feeling really good until late when they just couldn't get the ball in the end zone. But uh, that Covey dude for Utah has some absolute jets for wheels. And I thought that was going to be a great win for the Pac-12 and for Kyle Whittingham, the head coach. Uh, Cam Rising, a stud quarterback. That was just a great game. The Rose Bowl is awesome. Oh, my God. There's no game. Like, if I had to pick one game that I wanted to be a part of during my college career, it would have been the Rose Bowl. Stadium's amazing. The atmosphere, the granddaddy of them all. Uh, You said it yesterday, did not disappoint uh, I had Utah early on in the season. They were not very good at the time. That's actually when Rising took over, like in the fourth quarter, led them to a overtime game for San Diego State, ended up still losing the game. But man, this is a team that's been red hot since that 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 loss, and they were kicking their butt. Oh. And I was like, holy smoke! Like it was kind of like we talked about, like Ohio State's not physical on defense, and Utah was proving it. I mean, they were running yeah. right through them. Uh, rising at the, like that 60 yard touchdown where he just, it was a Bounced broken play. Guys, he yeah. stayed alive and then just took off and like, man, Ohio state sucks on defense, 
But C.J. Stroud is a stud. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to, one, win the Heisman next year between him um, and Bryce Young and who's the number one pick in the draft. And, yeah, it's such a better. No, I agree. C.J. is a freaking stud. I I mean, this offense next year. He can spin it. For, for for Ohio State because those I mean we talk about the other receivers not being available in the game. And then oh, you know, who's our backup? Marvin Harrison Jr. And that's Marvin's and kid, right? Yeah, it's Marvin's okay, kid. Did you see his route running on oh, some of those he's freaking like, he's a technician, stupid. yeah. I mean you got him next year along with, with Smith and Jigba, with CJ. If they can get a defense, which I don't know what they're I don't know what they have in, in, in the roster waiting to go, but if their defense is even average they're going to win the Big Ten, and they're going to be in the playoffs, and I think they'd be the favorite to win the national championship. Yeah, it's going to be up there. Uh, Ohio State just reloads, and they just manufacture wide receivers like that. Oh, my God. Like, if you put Smith and Jigba in Alave or Garrett Wilson's jersey, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference. And now Marvin Harrison's up. Like, they literally say, come yep. to Ohio State. You'll run routes like this. You'll put up two bills. You might go for 350 yep. in a Rose Bowl, and you'll go to the NFL. The only thing that worries me, do you think Ryan Day is the next head coach for the Bears? Yeah, I mean, he has NFL that's, that's written That's the only difference him. of if does Ohio State dominate that conference next year and, and, and to me could be the number one team heading into the season next year if Ryan Day's coming back or not. That'll be one to watch for sure. Uh, Notre Dame falls in the Fiesta Bowl. They were up by 21 points. Oklahoma State comes roaring back, beats mm-hmm. them 37-35. It was 28-14 to at halftime, and I placed a live bet. Listen to this. 28 to 14 at halftime. The team total for Oklahoma State was 24 and a half points. I go, yeah, they're going to score more than 10 points in the second half. They scored 21 points in the third quarter, like an immediate winner. And then they just kept it on, uh, you know, Notre Dame's defense. Look, it's not Marcus Freeman's fault. Um, I thought it was a great, you know, debut for him. Jack Cohn, I know he's not your favorite guy, Aaron, but that was a great game. And for all the bowl haters, I thought bowl season was resoundingly awesome this year. I thought it was great. I mean, yesterday was really good. I mean, Oklahoma State Notre Dame game was that great. Baylor we'll about, when Corral went down for Ole Miss. That was, was like, the only it, bad yeah. one. I mean, the Arkansas Penn State game was entertaining. Kentucky with a wild finish for them. Uh, great one to win 2017. I mean, Kentucky 10 win. Your boys. Big Blue. Yeah. 10 wins. Yeah, Give buddy. Some respect. I, I, Give I, some they, respect, Drew. No, listen, I, I thought bowl season was, was highly entertaining. Um, you know, I think there's two things on this sheet that you want to talk about. One, our boy, Danny Cannell, who we work with, uh, <laughs> him hating on the bowl game. And then, then, you know, Herb Street and the guys saying, you know, these players don't care. I don't think it helps. Obviously. I think a lot of people kind of had this opinion last night. As soon as Murat Corral got hurt, I mean, he is going to be the poster boy for why not. The yeah, play but that happens every year. Playoffs. That happens every year, but continue. Yeah, but he was so, he came out into the public big time saying, I'm playing for my boys. These are my boys. This is my team. Yeah. I'm playing in the game. And then, boom, he gets hurt in the first quarter. I, I, I just think it's it's a guy that was up for the Heisman, a guy that made a lot of fuss about wanting to play in this game and then gets hurt. I don't know. I mean, I, I listen, I understand why the players are doing it. Don't get me wrong. I don't think I would have, but I also wasn't playing in a time where this was happening. So I really don't know know what I would do. See, that's the thing, too. And and Danny Cannell and Booger McFarlane were getting into it respectfully on Twitter. And Danny was saying essentially with freaking everyone. Yeah, it's it's Danny knows how to push. the I know I got to give him credit. Like, like he is a lightning rod. It's pretty impressive. But he, he said he was like, guys, this is not as black and white as you make it out to be, because what he was saying was. 
you have the exact same risk potential of getting hurt in a college football playoff game. Now, here's his point, okay? Yes, of course. If you're in the playoff, you are chasing a national title. But what Danny was saying is this. The other side of the argument is 20 to $30 million, right? Like, that's the argument, okay? If I'm opting out, I'm doing it to make $25 million, okay? Well, if you don't opt out and you play in a semifinal game and you tear your ACL, was that worth $25 million? That's what Canel's saying, and I happen to agree with him in that regard. It is not so black and white when you're opting out. Is it a personal decision? Yes. Is it a business decision? Yes. yes. Am I a college football fan? Yes. Did I play college football? Yes. I want to see kids play in these bowl games because I love college football. That's why mm-hmm. I found it so interesting that people were like, oh, my God, how could Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard say that? They have a vested interest. It's better for them, and it's better for ESPN when all these kids have to play in the bowl games. ESPN broadcasts it's every bowl game except one. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because they love the game of college football. Like, I I did not see Herb Street and Howard's comments as, like, these guys are ridiculous. They're exposing these student athletes. I'm like, guys, this is about college football. Do we love college football? Yes. Is it selfish of me to say I want to see the top talent play? Yes, of course it is. But I, I say that because, Aaron, you bring up a great point. This just didn't happen 10 years ago when no. we played which is shocking to me that we've gone this far, this fast. I don't know. I, I am torn. Of course I get it. Like Gar- Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, yeah, whatever. Would that game have been better if they were on the field yesterday? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know, but knows? it's just maddening that people can have such, you know, like vitriol responses on Twitter. Man, screw these guys. They, I mean, they hate these kids. I mean, like – Dude, chill out. We all just love football. And I think Herbstreit had decent intentions when he was like, football is better when kids play. You play because you love the game. You play because you love the game. You know, Kirk Herbstreit is not a broadcaster because he hates football. He loves football. He loves football. You you just want the guys to play. I mean, I completely understand. (laughs) I I get get it from both sides. I mean, fans want their players in. And the fans still want to win it. I mean, for for. For all these this 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 talk this year about oh these games don't matter they don't matter, if you watch it the majority of these games there's a lot of fans there oh yeah and they do care they want to win the football game they want to take pride knowing hey our team finished the year off winning a game versus another conference and we're heading into the 2022 season with our chests puffed up a little bit yeah. like it's a good feeling like you want your team to win and you want your star players to play because you know it gives your team a better chance to win so obviously that is the the, the mindset of the fan. And you said it too, and, and Danny said it well. Also, these kids also have to look at it as, hey, man, there's a lot of money on the table. There's a big difference between being a first-round pick and getting hurt and being a third- or fourth-round pick. Yeah, and It's not just money, as you know too, Drew. It's the security of making teams. So, yeah. And the security of getting an opportunity to play in, in OTAs and preseason, getting more reps. Like Where you get drafted – at certain position dictates how much PT you're going to get. And that is going to dictate the chances of you making a 53 man roster. So it's a tough decision. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't around when I played. Cause I, I honestly, I don't know what I would have done, Yeah, but I can tell you one thing and I've said it for weeks now. 
I loved every bowl game I played in. Yes. Good, bad, whatever. I, I enjoyed every single moment. And I was obviously lucky enough not to get hurt in any of the bowl games. But I, I don't know if I would trade that experience. I, I, and here's what I'll say. You would have played. I played with you. I know the kind of guy you are. You would have played. Here, I'm going to read this out, and then we'll start wrapping this up. But it's a great back and forth between Danny Cannell and Booger McFarland talking about opting out and why would you not opt out if that's the decision you're making if you're in the playoff. Okay, Danny said, I think it's amusing there's an arbitrary line drawn down what is a good business decision, what is not. Like if a player gets hurt in the Peach Bowl, obviously talking about Corral and the Sugar Bowl, everyone yells, well, that's why he should have opted out. Danny follows it up and says, but if it's a playoff game, somehow it's worth the risk. These kids don't get paid either way. So here is the college football risk assessment. New Year's Six Bowl or 20 to $30 million? Well, the answer there would be 20 to $30 million. Yep. College football playoff game or 20 to $30 million? Oh, playoff, 100% playoff. Danny says, how is one okay in the business decision and the other is not? Well, here's what Booger McFarland said. Danny, I'm willing to risk injury for a title. I'm not willing to risk injury for win number nine. That is why the playoff is different. Come on, Danny. You know the answer to that already. Here's what Danny Cannell says. Then, Booger, you are making an awful business decision. Just so we're clear, an awful personal business decision, but a great team decision. I agree with Danny there. I agree with Danny. He's saying, he goes, if you're telling me that one game is worth 20 to 30 million, but the other game is not. You're making an awful personal business decision. Yep. It's a great team decision. Yep, it's a great team decision. So it's just a fascinating conversation. And again, like to paint the broad strokes of Kirk Herbstreet as like some awful guy because ESPN makes money off bowl games and he wants people to play, you know, maybe saying players don't love football uh, is a bit harsh, but I, I could probably, and I think you would agree with me, on the whole, uh, it's, it's not even close to where it was in 2014 from a love of the game type perspective around college football. So I don't know. No, it, it, it definitely is more of a me game. Me, me, me. I think and that's social, fine. Like, it, that's I mean, social fine. media has brought yeah. that out. No, I just, I think fans have to get used to it. I mean, this is, it, it's turning into, you know, somewhat even more of a mini NFL where these guys are learning, you know, what life is going to be like, you know, what's life going to be like when I'm making money, what's life going to be like yeah. with me getting pulled left and right and having to make decisions. And, and, and it's tough because they are 18 to 22. They're still mentally and physically developing. Um, so obviously I think to me, it goes back to what we talked about this summer a little bit more pressure needs to be put on these programs and universities when it comes to education of making sure that these kids because, I mean, that's the big thing. I mean, you want to be treated like a pro, that, then I think the universities need to help assist creating an atmosphere where these guys are learning what it means to be a professional. Yeah. How to take care of money, how to interact with fans, how to act on social media, all this little stuff that the, the best do, they just need to start learning it a little bit younger. They got to grow up faster. They got to mature faster. They can't like they can't act like idiots at Bourbon Street like you and I did. Yeah, <laughs> because there's ten times hey, more. There's a time and a place social media of people looking to get them with their cell phones at any given second. Like that wasn't going on when you and I played. No, there was Just, not. They, these kids have to make business decisions at eighteen. I didn't even. You and have I were not worried phone. about making business decisions at eighteen. I had a BlackBerry. I didn't even have a camera phone. Yeah. I had a BlackBerry. It's great, great it's decision. A world, if I could man. go back, I would, man. 
It is a if different I could world. If go back, I would. Uh, well, all right. Hey, we got a couple of episodes leading up to the national championship game. Aaron, I know you'll be there. Uh, I'm working on that as well right now. If any of you other Georgia fans or Alabama fans are going to be up there, holler at us. Reach out to us on social media, at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Drew Butler. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11 Hey, and if Georgia wins, or if Alabama wins, depending on who you're a fan of, celebrate at Solomon Brothers. Go to SolomonBrothers.com, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram. Go get yourself an amazing fine piece of jewelry or possibly a watch. Solomon Brothers in the best. Two awesome locations, one in Buckhead, one in Alpharetta. Lifetime diamond upgrades. Custom jewelry design. Interest-free financing options. I mean, what more do you want? Solomon Brothers has the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds. Guaranteed. The biggest selection, an in-store experience that is unmatched. What more can I say? We love Solomon Brothers, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram, SolomonBrothers.com. Anything on the way out, brother? Uh, no, man. Let's uh, get rested up. Yeah. Get your mind right. Go buy some, some long – I got to go buy some long johns for the week. Yeah. Get your long john Ooh. game up. It's going to be cold. And, uh, God, last thing. Why the hell is the national championship in Indianapolis? I don't know. I don't have like, the answer. The amount for of you. fans that I talked to that were in Miami for the week, like having fun on yachts, going to clubs, partying, uh, going to live live. I still don't know <laughs> how to pronounce it. Like that's what national championship should be about. Yeah, it shouldn't be about hey, how can I get in and out as fast as I, I can? I know, I know. And that's what everyone's trying to do in Indy. Like everyone's trying to figure out how can I get in Monday and leave Monday. Yep. Like, I just think it's stupid. I agree. Um, I, I'm hard-pressed to disagree with you on that. I am hard-pressed to disagree with you on that. But we're going to make the most of it. should be a lot yep. of fun. Second national championship or punt and pass in five years. So let's keep this thing rolling. Let's keep it. this thing rolling. We'll talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves. And people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Hey everybody, Buck Blue here, and as a recent customer of Jim Ellis Automotive and a longtime friend of the Vice President, Stacey Ellis, man, I know Jim Ellis Automotive Group takes pride in being a family-owned and operated business. I saw it firsthand. When Stacey's granddad, Jim Ellis, founded the company back in 71, his goal was to treat every customer like family by offering a car buying experience that was both easy and fully transparent. And it worked. 50 years later, Stacy's dad, Jimmy Ellis, grew the organization to become Georgia's largest family-owned and operated automotive group. And today, third-generation family members like Stacy, along with more than 1,700 dedicated team members, are working hard to uphold the values Jim Ellis Automotive was founded on. And that's why Jim Ellis has been around for over 50 years. Enjoy the advantages of buying your next vehicle from a family-owned and operated dealership. Visit JimEllis.com or stop by any of their 20 dealerships located throughout Metro Atlanta. Jim Ellis Automotive, where you can always expect the best. Spring is here and baseball is back. You can't forget the Derby. I love the hats. Do you have yours yet? My hat? 
treated myself to a whole outfit. If you want to be able to treat yourself, then you should check out the Nest Savings Account at LGE Community Credit Union, where they want you to reach your savings goals faster. Take it from a pair of 680 The Fan wives. Head to lgeccu.org to find out what makes their team number one in Georgia.